Welcome to the From Daily Podcast, where I give you a little bit of Eric From and some encouragement on your personal growth journey every day. I'm your host, Lacey Delane, and I am super happy to have you for another episode of From Daily. Welcome, and I hope you are doing well. This week, we've been talking about busyness and activity and how to distinguish between the two of them and their quality. Today, we will talk more about the differences in acting from a place of obligation versus acting from a sincere interest in engaging with the activity or experience. Today, I'm going to be reading to you from The Essential From, which is a compilation of writings by Eric From, um, but put together and edited by Rainer Funk. All right, so let's just get into it. Activity, in the modern sense, refers only to behavior, Fromm says, not to the person behind the behavior. It makes no difference whether people are active because they are driven by external force, like a slave, or by internal compulsion, like a person driven by anxiety. It does not matter whether they are interested in their work like a carpenter or a creative writer or a scientist or a gardener, or whether they have no inner relation to and satisfaction in what they are doing, like the worker on the assembly line or the postal clerk. So he's saying it doesn't matter um, whether they're actually interested in their work. Um, It just matters that they're doing it. Um, A creative writer might be interested in their work. A scientist, a gardener actually would be interested in their work potentially. Um, like a worker on the assembly line or a postal clerk, probably, you know, they don't have any inner relation to what they're doing, to their work. All right. So it's kind of a uh, juxtaposition there that he's giving us. Okay. He goes on to say, the modern sense of activity makes no distinction between activity and busyness. But there is a fundamental difference between the two that corresponds to the terms alienated and non-alienated in respect to activities. In alienated activity, I do not experience myself as the acting subject of my activity. Rather, I experience the outcome of my activity as that as something over there separated from me and standing above and against me. In alienated activity, I do not really act. I am acted upon by external or internal forces. So this is not coming from a genuine place of inside of us, this action. It's something that we're either uh, compulsively doing from anxiety or from something on the inside of us. Um, that's a force that's not genuine to who we are. um, That's maybe there because of trauma or, or um, fear, or it's something that's external that's causing us to make this action or to do this thing. All right. Uh, From goes on to say, I have become separated from the result of my activity. The best observable case of alien activity in the field of psychopathology is that of compulsive obsessional Persons. If you don't know what that means, don't worry. If you've heard it before, it's a pretty popular um, phrase. Someone who's compulsive or obsessive compulsive. It's someone who is obsessive. They're obsessed about something. And as a result, they're doing things without even really 
being consciously intending to do them. He goes on to say, forced by an inner urge to do something against their own wills, such as counting steps, repeating certain phrases, performing certain private rituals, they can be extremely active in the pursuit of this aim. But as psycho psychoanalytic investigation has simply shown, amply shown, he says, they are driven by an inner force of which they are unaware. An equally clear example of alienated activity is post-hypnotic behavior. People under a hypnotic suggestion to do this or that upon wakening from the hypnotic trance will do these things without any awareness that they are not doing what they want to do, but they are following their respective hypno hypnotists previously given orders. In non-alienated activity, I experience myself as the subject of my activity. Again, this is still from non-alienated activity is a process of giving birth to something. It's the process of producing something and remaining related to what I produce. This also implies that my activity is a manifestation of my powers and that I call and that I and my activity and the result of the activity are one. This is what I call non-alienated activity. And also he calls it productive activity. So non-alienated activity is something that happens um, when we are not alienated from our true selves when we're doing it, basically. Um, it's something that we're doing that we are actively a part of. We are the subject of. We are engaged in. We are aware. We are experiencing it. Um, we are interested in it. It matters to us. Um, and it, it also is, it produces something. It's giving birth to something. It may not be completed in the moment. The first time it may take time. Um, but the point is, is that it's uh, something that I'm producing from the core of me. I think an example here would be painting. If I'm doing a painting simply because I want to paint and I'm not trying to impress anybody or I'm not trying to sell it or I'm not trying to show it off in any way. I'm just doing it to do it. And I'm doing it because I want to and, it, and it's from the core of me um, what brushstrokes I'm doing and what colors I'm using. And I'm actively engaged with it during the whole process of making the painting. Um, that is an example of non-alienated activity. Whereas if I were to be doing a painting because I need to do a painting because um, I'm this very well-known painter and um, there's about 3,000 orders for this one painting and I need to paint it over and over again and then I can make you know the money off of the painting. Um, in that case, I'm not really experiencing myself as the acting subject of my activity, as Frome would say. Rather, I'm just experiencing the outcome of the activity. So the outcome is I need you know, however many of this painting so I can sell them. So it's not about the process, it's more about the outcome. Um, and it's something that 
you know, when I'm trying to produce 8,000 of them, it's separated from me. The product, the end result is separated from me. It's outside of me. When I'm doing the painting in order to uh, be present with it, to enjoy it, that's a non-alienated activity. Why? Because I'm actually engaged with it while I'm doing it. It's um, a fundamental difference, really, and it, re it re corresponds um, to how we are orienting ourselves with the thing. How alive, how active, how engaged are we with the process of the thing that we are doing? Are we or are we just worried about the ending of it, the outcome of it? And Front would say that a lot of modern society is alienated activity because of what is important in our society, which is production, producing, having an outcome, having a quantity, getting things done. So that why? So that we can make money. So that why? So that we can keep making more money um, instead of the process. And this is another place where I would throw this whole idea of child um, development in, because I think we value way too much more um, the idea of them doing alienated activity versus non-alienated activity. And I think that's a way we could improve um, our caring for young people is valuing their ability to um, practice non-alienated activity, basically productive activity as Frome would call it. So I just find this um, super, super intriguing. It's <clears throat> something to think about that goes deeper than just the surface. And if we're too busy doing everything else and hurrying and going to do this, this, and this, we're not going to think about um, how engaged we are in the activity and how that might make a difference. Um, so I also wanted to point out um, uh, what the meaning of alienated is just to be clear and to be, um, make it easier for, for all of you listeners. Alienated just simply means disconnected. Fromm also said that we are alienated or disconnected from nature. He said we are disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from others because of our great obsession with production, consumption, uh, and uh, making money. Um, so alienation, alienated, uh, it's a big part of the writing of Frome. All right. So continuing on the theme of self-awareness this week, I want to share an example of a situation that one could use to see um, how the difference in their response is a result of self-awareness. All right. So I'm going to give you a, a little situation here. We have Mary and Pat. They are a couple. They're out on a date. Mary and Pat have been dating a few months after being friends first, but their relationship is still new and they are getting to know each other. Their date is set at a street side restaurant and bar near a beautiful park. They are conversing about how their days have been. Then a friend of Mary's drives by in a red truck and waves to Mary. The conversation continues, but Mary notices that Pat is more reserved. And Mary is confused as to why. 
Pat feels less inclined to share as openly as she did with Mary before seeing her wave to the person in the red truck. She also begins to distrust Mary. She starts to feel this inside her, feels some animosity toward her begin to build. And as she is listening to Mary talk about her friend who she just waved to, Pat begins to think thoughts like, maybe Mary isn't that great. Maybe Mary likes her friend more than me. Maybe Mary isn't safe. Maybe Mary is not really that interested in me. If Pat is self-aware, she will notice these thoughts and responses within herself. She will question why she is having them instead of assuming they are true. She will ultimately understand that there isn't a logical reason stemming from Mary for her to feel these things or think these thoughts. She won't assume that it is Mary's fault but take some time to understand why she's feeling the way she's feeling. If Pat is not self-aware, she would likely project all the feelings she's feeling onto Mary. That is to say she would blame Mary for all the feelings she's feeling. And she would believe that Mary is no longer a safe person to be with. She would gradually, likely, she would gradually stop sharing as openly with her. And after a while, she would stop dating her. But why? What happened? Tomorrow, I will share what likely happened with Pat and Mary. And in the meantime, I invite you to think through what, what might have happened as well. And I invite you to learn more about self-awareness, what it means, and how it can, can improve the quality of your life. For now, I'll say goodbye. If you want more From content, check out FromDaily.com. That's from with two M's, F-R-O-M-M-D-A-I-L-Y.com. To access our Friday episodes, become a paid subscriber of the From Daily Substack. Paid subscribers have access to our weekly personal growth support group, hosted by yours truly, Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time Live. Weekly Substack chats, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, are open to free and paid subscribers alike. Let's see each other there. I hope your day brings you lots of new experiences from which to learn and grow, and you find the value in them. And regardless of where you are on your journey, I'm proud of you. You're in the process, the process of growth, and that's what counts. Yeah! I'm Lacey Delane, signing off. See you next time on the From Daily Podcast.